Yo, what's up? Welcome to Stronger Than You Think, a Ngahere Talks podcast. Stronger Than You Think is a South Auckland story about the come up of creators, innovators and entrepreneurs, building the whanau and the movement known as Tukua. That's how long I've been on ya. Well, kia ora everybody. We are now up to episode number four. We are going to focus on people versus programs um, and looking at the whole idea of using entrepreneurship as self-development, which is something that flows through heaps of what we do here at Ngahira Community. So kia ora, you're here with Mal and myself, Manoa. Kia ora. What's up, Bobby? Kia ora. Um, and we're going to continue on with the journey of Tukua. Yeah, I love um, talking about the story. I love the journey that we've been on where we've come from I love that we've taken a little bit of time to reflect on those early days and the nitty-gritty what and and even when we say comments like or statements like um, what we now know as Tukua because it's true when we very first started um, designing the program we didn't even realize we were designing a program Mm. that's how like authentically and naturally it just came about and I love that I love that we have the opportunity to just reflect on that. And this is definitely one of my favourite topics. Mm, it is, about eh? people versus programs. It's almost like your superpower. <laughs> Engaging people in. So we got to the point with um, where we were talking about the original crew that we kind of tested what is now Tukua. Um, and we that was kind of 2018. So we had opened the doors to Te Haumanaka in September, October, November, December. We had like four cool months to learn a bunch of stuff about it. Um, and then it was actually over those summer holidays, I think I took like a week or about 10 days off, spent time with my whanau, just relaxing um, by the beach and stuff down in the Bay of Pliny. Um, and I remember one night I was um, kind of sleepless and I woke up super early in the morning and I was thinking about this concept of what we had been doing um, and trying to help build community of entrepreneurs creators innovators in South Auckland but then also really invest in those people and and how we as a group of because we're included in that a lot of this I think that's that's why it's so meaningful to us because we're on this journey of building ourselves as entrepreneurs as well and building our confidence and our business skill and all of that so I I was kind of swishing around in my head that I needed to get a really clear concept down on paper yeah um and so I ended up getting up at like sunrise that morning. I remember it super clearly. I made me a coffee and I just sat at the table with my laptop and I just punched everything out of my head into, into a document. Um, so that was like early, early January 2019. Came back into, into Auckland, got back into the swing of things, chucked it into like a pitch deck. Um, and the cool thing, what I love heaps about one of the things that, Mal does for us is I can tell her one of my stupid ideas (laughs) give her something like that like a pitch deck and she will just go and talk to people about it like and I love that I love that she I love that you do that Bob yeah so you got it so you got it eh? we like I presented it to a couple of people and you were in the room and then I was like cool Bob go go hard see how you go with this let's see if we can get some people to fund it so that we can keep going and we can get some more people on it. Yeah, totally. And you know what's so funny is I didn't even fully, fully understand the concept, but I just uh, 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 intrinsically I, I just believed in it. And mm. um, so 
um, I felt ill prepared to go and present, you know, this pitch deck to people. But I think the the pat or the belief that I had in the people that we had already seen sort mm. of overrode that fear. I don't know. That yeah. might be a bit of a strong word, but yeah, apprehension. That, yeah, apprehension. That's a good word. And so then I ended up getting a meeting with. Um, she manages economic development within Auckland at mm-hmm. ATED um, and met her and sort of showed her the pitch deck and talked her through it and they just bought in. They loved it. Mm. It sort of was a, an area that they were needing and wanting to see growth in as well and um, and so then that was our fir- our first kind of like, yep, we've got some budget, we'll talk we'll talk some more and then we we knocked it up into a contract and and got our first official funded crew of uh, Tukua participants, eh? or our, our second sort of crew of Tukua guys. Yeah, and we actually, like, we chatted to Katrina about this. Um, and Katrina, like, represents the economic development team at ATED. She's um, on the team that manage and run Grid AKL, the, the innovation spaces in the middle of Auckland City. Um, and Katrina's just... She's been an awesome part of of the team that are building Teha, but she um she was there at the stage, and I remember Katrina being in the room when we pitched Tukua for the very first time, and she was just like, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing!" Yeah, from our point of view, we really I felt like we'd struck gold <laughs> because <laughs> yes. suddenly so here was an opportunity um, for a program that we'd been talking about ourselves within ourselves within AT talking about different programs tapping into Māori and Pacifica entrepreneurs and suddenly you guys um, came up with a proposal for Tukua and it was all there. Mm. You know, the thinking was there, your years of experience was there, it was all on the page of actually we can do this. We didn't have any participants at that stage. Mm. You might have had a couple in the wings who you thought were right, but just uh, it was very impressive and gave us a huge amount of confidence to see um, there was structure and intent. Mm. We had a real, really great intention of um, early on, a clear vision of what you wanted to do. And so for us, it was like, oh, fantastic. You know, mm. the thinking's here, the people are here with the experience and the context, you know, your connections were uh, superb. So it was just a no-brainer for us to say, right, let's get behind this, let's get it cracking. And then so quickly, I think that's what was has, has been amazing to me is how quickly it's grown. Mm, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'd be and, cool. and we have got some super powerful people on the program. Yeah, yeah, agree. I feel like you've got future leaders, future New Zealand leaders on that program. I really do. And I sit there quietly and humbly and listen to them. Mm. And I think these incredible, passionate, bilingual young people, um, this is our future. This is this is where Aotearoa needs to be going, is going. Yeah. And you guys, I feel like you're leading the charge and you're taking us along on the ride. <laughs> That's cool. That Let's go, that. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Come with us. I'm just really interested to hear as well. Um, I mean, you've been there from the start, Katrina. You were a part of, like, like Manawa said, the initial conversations and the very first pitch deck and proposal for Tukua. Um, and those initial contracts that we drew up look, you know, from what we initially came up with to where we have landed now, it looks really different. Um, 
and I'm, you know, and, and then everything that happened with COVID as well. I'm kind of interested to hear from your perspective how you think um, Tukua has navigated that process because we kind of were on that journey together, we, you know, the program starting, yeah. what does it need, um, you know, we changed it to um, – we were agile to meet the needs of the people were, that were a part of the crew. So I'm just keen to hear from your perspective how you've seen that journey and then how you think that we were able to respond in light of COVID-19 and the shutdown. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I mean, it, it has evolved and, you know, the people have um, changed and prep and their needs have changed and you're obviously closer and you're, you're – understanding what each of the individual little businesses needed. I think um, what's been interesting is just that whole sort of um, health and well-being angle. You've taken that on board as um, looking at entrepreneurs and startups and understanding how stressful that can be. So you've really managed that side of it. We might have all at the beginning just been about um, business plan, um, budget, investment opportunities or, you know, the, the very early days and, and you've added, I think you've added a lot more. It has grown in its dimension, um, which has been just fantastic to see. And I think just the sense of community that you've built within the participants, the people who are actually on the um, program, have also come together and through the COVID um, the COVID-19 lockdown situation, I think you guys have man- handled that just so well. Um, you already were are really strong in social media anyway, and you always yeah. create brilliant content, but it feels like you just step up a gear mm. and you're just pumping out the content. You're constantly contacting everyone. You're bringing the group together on different and different channels. So I feel like you, you actually adapted really well to that lockdown situation. It almost feels like through the lockdown, the little Tukua community has come even closer together. Mm. So we got going with this crew, this Tukua crew, the second crew, um, pretty quickly in 2019, which was awesome. Um, One of the things that was really hard for us, though, was we weren't seeing the growth and the use of the space as much. Yeah. Um, I mean, we were were inviting people in all the time, but we really needed to get more people in the doors that wanted to use the space and wanted to pay for the space. And that became quite tricky for us, like, um, and there were things that we we took notice of where – People would come up and be like, what does hot desking mean? What is the shared working space? Like, what is co-working? There was all this, like, there wasn't this readiness within the community in South Auckland to just yeah. jump straight on board the concept of what we were doing here. And as being the first kind of co-working space out here, you, you have to be the ones that bring a bit of education and then a bit of development. But we could see pretty quickly that people weren't buying into it as much as we thought. Um, and then the entrepreneurs and stuff that we were coming across were just not in a position to be able to say, I can pay to have my office in here. And yeah. then, then even if they could pay... It just wasn't quite a high enough priority on their like bills list, I suppose. It was more of a like a nice to have than a need to have. Yeah, exactly. And so we were like, man, in order for this concept of co-working and and sharing office spaces or sharing spaces to create 
um, we had to do a lot more development work and we had to invest in the education of what uh, working in collaborative spaces means for you or for your organisation. And then the entrepreneurs themselves, how can we kind of connect them to all the resources that we had access to so that they could get bigger and stronger and maybe their business would grow to the point where they need a co-working space and, and they could come in here. So it wasn't as easy as any of us thought it was going to be and we all thought it was going to be hard. Um, but yeah, we got to this point and we made some really cool connections with the people at Foundation North who set up a um, South Auckland Innovation Fund to see how they could fund community innovation in South Auckland. And so Sandy is part of the innovation team there and we've built a really cool partnership with her. What's up, Sandy? Welcome. One of the things that I remember that you said was um, after you'd sort of just relatively, we'd, you know, we'd partnered up and you said something along the lines of you felt like you were entrusting the innovators that you had um, into safe hands with putting them through. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So I guess I'm just interested to know at what that, because that was a real, um, it was quite a powerful statement. Um, And, Mm. you know, what, was it just the journey or that process that, that, or was there like a real turning point for you where, where you guys were like, oh, no, nah, this is, you know, these guys are legit. They're the real deal. And can it be safe with them? That's a great question. Um, I think there was definitely the, the premise was always there that Ngahiri Communities and the Tukor Program might be safe hands. But there was that moment where I think we felt like it was really validated because we'd gotten to know each other a bit better and we could see the values in action. Um, I think yeah. that's where it felt like a really comfortable thing to say, yes, this is the right thing and, this, and these are the right people and this is the right time. Um, and it was still all very exploratory. Like we didn't know what people would get out of it exactly. We knew it would be different for each person, each of the innovators, and that they would have a lot to offer as well as um, absorbing some learnings and, and access to other networks and expertise. So I think there was just this, synchronicity in what our innovators seem to stand for and the gaps for them and all the, ver- the various gaps for them and then a synchronicity with, with what Ngahere stood for in the Tukor program in, in particular and I think the key element was the pastoral care. It's something that I think isn't, isn't usually present in capacity building but it's so essential. You know, People need to feel like the person that, um, that they're talking with understands them, cares about them is there to support them yeah. and a lot of these innovators we know are incredibly um, driven they're so so driven so almost like die hard to their co mm, yeah. that I don't know that they ever get time to bounce off others um, you know share, share maybe their concerns their challenges and so we just loved the idea of linking them up to some people who were all about that you know it was about supporting people who had great ideas and a lot of motivation and the people that were supporting them also have great ideas and, and, and huge motivation. So, yeah, I think that's where we felt like it was safe hands because it was um, that community feel, that whānau feel, and culturally respectful. There was just a lot of elements in there that felt like a, a fit with what we thought our innovators would want and need and appreciate, um, and that there would probably be some reciprocal benefit in there as well. Mm. Mm. Awesome. Obviously, with Tukua, but even with everything that we do, we always put 
people more important than the programs themselves. Um, mm. And we really commit to trying to find ways to design programs that respond to people's needs. Um, Mm-hmm. But then also one thing that we've toyed with for ages is the whole idea of using entrepreneurship as a pathway of self-development, um, just like you could yeah. use something like art or sport or um, whatever other things that people are, are more mm-hmm. inclined to go to for self-development. Entrepreneurship is a real relevant pathway for that too. So there's this really cool like double-edged sword with what we do with Tukua where we're building their business or their or their idea, but we're also building them as mm. people. Um, and that, yeah, and that, yeah. I mean, we love that heaps. Um, and obviously, when we saw that huge need for that piece of mahi to be done, and helping, because if the people weren't ready to take on these challenges, then they literally couldn't take them on. Um, so we have to work yeah. in, in helping them with their resilience and their confidence and their um, communication and all that sort of stuff. Then we realised, flip, we actually we need to do more of this work than we thought, and the structure that we have is holding us back. And then you, then from the other side, obviously felt that that tension as well, eh? So yeah, tell talk us through about mm. yeah your I guess observations around our structure holding us back, how we crack that, and then building trust. Sure, yeah, I guess uh, when we were first connecting to Nahida communities, it was through my colleague Shona, who was leading out our South Auckland Innovation Fund at the time, uh, and we were just trying to make sense of um, what are the different organizations and community teams and, and entities out there doing some really great stuff that aligned with our innovation um, focus. And immediately we thought, hey, something really great about Ngahira communities. And, and it was that, that people focus. It was the way that innovation and entrepreneurship have some kind of um, really deep inherent connection. Yeah. Um, but immediately we thought, oh, it's a limited liability company. Oh no, that that means that we don't have a direct funding pathway for it currently. Mm. Um, or if we did, uh, it would have to be a company registered as charity services. And that immediately made us then think, well, who could they apply to funding for? And the more we thought about the options, and um, the more we kept coming up against brick walls, thinking, oh, you have to be a registered charitable company, or you have to be a, um, a charitable trust or an incorporated society. Mm. Uh, and we had already seen other innovation groups with a similar kind of dilemma where they they knew that they had to choose between a finite number of entity and structure options and whichever one they go with would limit them in terms of other Mm. funding sources and and pathways. So we we did wonder, is the limited liability company the right structure for you? Is um, is it worth considering registering with charity services or looking at a charitable arm? But because we were still, I guess, quite new to connecting with you, um, we were mostly just interested in what's the potential for there to be some kind of um, alignment with what you do and what we're wanting to do. And um, we were really just grateful that when, when an opportunity did pop up, we had a different kind of pathway through a capacity building contract. Um, to be able to pursue that. So that was really exciting for us because I think we'd known from early on, and particularly Shona had seen um, there was some potential there mm. and just no, no direct pathway we could set Ngahiri communities on. Yeah. And then to find out that you've now developed Ngahiri Foundation just made me think, wow, that opens up a whole lot of opportunities that otherwise probably just wouldn't have been accessible to Ngahiri communities Absolutely. Um, and purely again a, a structural structural limitation because we know that what you do isn't, it's not for profit it's, it's absolutely sorry, it's, <laughs> it's 
Um, <laughs> it's not driven it's by not profit, It's not that you're a full-profit eh? structure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not driven by profit. It's about helping people, making a difference for them. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really exciting to see that you've got uh, two, two different entities, but that one of them is going to be able to um, access certain opportunities that way and the other one will be able to access other opportunities, but that they'll work in tandem for some really amazing results for the South Auckland yeah, communities yeah. and and entrepreneurs in general. So what we realised basically is that our structure of Nahere communities was holding us back from potential funding. So with the relationship that we built with Anne from Arkina Foundation, they were able to provide us um, with the right channels to get registered as a charitable trust so that we could then apply for funding with the likes of uh, Foundation North. Yeah, well, I think um, for Arkina, we came into, you know, working or, you know, connecting in um, in this community with a really open mind that we weren't coming in with some product to, we, you know, shove at the South yeah. Auckland community. And and I think for me, it was really heartening while, while, you know, there was a number of cups of coffee and demonstrations of how to make the coffee that got <laughs> us to the point where, hey, let's sit down and have a yarn about this. And, yeah. you know, where you were facing right in your face that challenge mm. of the contracts versus funding yeah. and, the le- you know, where the legal structures sat. Um, so I guess for me, it was really heartening to be able to be in a position to you know, open up that doorway mm. um, for some of the support around, you know, the, the legal advice yeah. and um, and helping um, Nahiri communities get to that point where you're able to set up the Nahiri Foundation. Yeah. Um, and so it just began to make it tangible that, yeah, you know, it's the right thing at the right time. Yeah. Mm. Um, and um, that made sense for you as an organisation of where you're legated and, and what you're trying to do to, to have that opportunity to look at funding in the mix as well as, you know, pinning down those contracts. Yeah, I'm, I'm just more interested to know what it is about Nahere or Tukua that is different from perhaps other organisations that you work alongside or that you've had the privilege of working alongside. Like, what is it um, that... From your perspective, that does make Tukua quite successful. I think there's a couple of things in there, and one is that it's the the kind of rightness of what you're doing for the community that you're part of. So you know, it's been you're working with entrepreneurs and partners and people in this community, and it's like really strongly grounded here. And it's really down to earth for what's needed here. So, you know, that's that comes across really strongly. So it's not so much like what's different. There's kind of like a same, like I see some of the same elements in other places, but I think often you guys are pushing it further faster. Mm. Um, and so um, that's what strikes me about Tukwa, is or, or Nahiri communities, is that you, you've got that really strong um, connection to this place 
and you're looking for what are those conditions, those ingredients that are going to help entrepreneurs to thrive and you're really pushing that, the relationships, the connectedness, the way in which you mm. set things up and keep shifting and changing and moving it uh, with what's happening as it grows and you're not afraid to you know, face the challenges head on. Mm. Um, and I see that in other places. And so I think, like, in my kind of role, it is a bit of a pollinator role, yeah. you know, of connecting across. And so I find it really helps me when, you know, sometimes I don't want to be um, in a place of, like, cut off and irrelevant, mm. you know. So it's like I really draw on saying, what are you doing in, in action, but also connecting across to what other people are doing in other places as well. Yeah, cool. I think there's two things um, that I want to touch on here. I like how you said that you push it further faster. And I think um, Ray's story on this is he gives an exact example of how that works for him. He told us that he had... Um, a five-year plan and a ten-year plan, and, and and within that consisted of getting a, a space to run his game plan out of, and pretty much how meeting with Manawa and becoming a part of Tukua and the Nahere network essentially fast-tracked those goals within twelve months. So seven months. Yeah. Wow. So within seven months. That's like goosebumps. He had. Yeah. And what about that? Really what about August twenty August twenty nineteen when we ran the Ngahiri Talks esports and online gaming event here at Yahao yep. Monaco? Like that was such a cool time, eh? That was such wow, that a cool was awesome, event. Man. And like what I mean, we did how did it roll? Like we were trying to get the speaker series up and we wanted to we yeah. could see that, you know, online gaming and esports is high on the like interest list of young people and on Māori and Pacifica yep. people and even families, not just young people, even older gamers. And then you were doing some hustle and you managed to build a relationship with Riot Games. Um, yeah. And then you yep. had this League of Legends tournament that you were working on and then some like Learn With League um, workshops with Right, games, and so we ended up smashing it all together into one big night, eh? Or one big yeah. event that, man, we ended up having like people from all over the country come. I mean, what was that yeah. like? What was that event like for you and for for Game Ten and putting you guys on the map? It was amazing, man. Like it was something we've never been, we've, we weren't able to, uh, like we just never thought of doing only because of the types of connections you'd need um, and the work around it, you know, yeah. you know, being uh, being game tan, it's not really like a company that, uh, you know, we're so small that um, just, you know, thinking of that scale wasn't, you know, we weren't ready for that yet. Um, but then when we, when you brought up the idea, because you guys, you guys have, you know, the the workforce and all that sort of stuff to get it going, and um, gave us the idea, I was like, man, this is this will be me, like, mm -hmm. you know, this will be something awesome. Um, but yeah, for us, it was just an amazing experience, an amazing opportunity to. Uh, you know, I'll meet opportunities everywhere. Meeting, meeting up with these guys from uh, different organizations like DNA, um, even Datacom. You know, all these people yeah, well. also from Let's Play Life. Mm. We haven't we've we've known of Let's Play Life for a while, and those guys are just on, on another level mm. in terms of tournaments. You know, that's the yeah. New Zealand, that's the New Zealand scene right there. Oh, Nation, it now, uh, national. Too, eh? 
yeah, yeah, harder, man. This guy's doing mean. Mm. Awesome for them. Um, and I finally got to meet uh, the CEO himself, uh, Duan, which was awesome. Yeah, yep. yeah. And then we got to meet like, um, and then we just brought in, you know, cool people. It was just, yeah, it's just so cool for us. We learned a lot. And yeah, so it was, it was a cool experience. It was cool, eh? Really quickly and early on, we learned that Tukua was going to be actually um, a space where we could get a lot of our crew onto the same level playing field as everyone else. And it's exactly that. It's just connecting them to like, oh, I didn't know I could do that. Mm-hmm. I want to get here, but I didn't know I could get that support or I didn't know I could get that funding. Or, And so it's kind of like this creating a level, a level even playing field for them to or platform for them to jump from as equal as er- anybody else mm-hmm. that's had a solid um i guess access to those mm. kind to that kind of information that's something that um you know tyrone from no sex we've we talked a lot about that it's sometimes hard to pin that down because it might be different it obstacles different. or um hindrances and barriers yeah. for different people but it is recognizing and it's it's also recognizing that stuff but like in a i don't know whether like it's so easy to fall back into a deficit kind of lens and it's it's not like that like and i think people the point of difference is the structure it's easier to fall back on structure but we've always pushed into the person yeah mm. how do we understand the person and their challenges and how do we connect the dots that we have access to like you said how do we everything already exists mm. it's sometimes it's just a matter of access sometimes it's a little bit of education um but no no two people are the same, no two sets of needs are the same. Yeah. So though we have structure around tukua, that doesn't dictate yeah. how it rolls. Yeah. The person dictates how what we have access to can help them. What have you found, like as far as like building trust with these partners, Bob, that help us deliver tukua, like what has that been like for you? To build the relationship with the with the different partners, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been um, it's been awesome. I think it's. I, th- I think I feel like I've found a really good stride in where my strengths lie and being able to fully utilize those in a way that can help grow our business, mm. um, which is just building relationship with people, and um, I think that. That's what I, oh, I love. I love about it the most, and it's so. It's. I think every single person that we talk to will talk about the wairua or the vibe or um, the pastoral care or like call it what you will. But there's just this raw authenticity about um, us all being on the journey together, mm. and and like we don't look at ourselves as like we're the experts, and you've come here to learn from us because we are the knower of all things mm. and this is what you need to do. We literally gather as a community of like-minded creatives and just talk mm. and it all and, and it's um it's just a really cool natural development that you can't like it's not tangible sometimes. So I love being a part of that. I love being a part of being able to build and create that kind of environment mm. for people because it it's it's showing that like people really value that they need that and and I think you said it before as well Bob about um 
self-development, being an entrepreneur, you are constantly having to develop as a person. You mm. have to be stronger than the million rejections that you get mm. or, you know, um, people not accepting your idea or the uh, crab in a bucket syndrome, all of or tall poppy. Believing in yourself yeah. that no one else does, eh? And tall poppy syndrome, through. all of that. Yeah, continuing to motivate yourself. Yeah. When the blankies are warm and the Netflix <laughs> is addictive, all of that sort of stuff, eh? I honestly feel, side note, right now, every day I look forward to my Netflix reward at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I just can't wait to be parked up. Like, <laughs> You keen for some online shopping? Me too. You got to check out Kone, Aotearoa's marketplace for Aotearoa brands. Kind of like Kmart, but Aotearoa products. Yeah. Check it out at www.kone.nz. What's up, Sandy? So yeah. What's that like trust building process been like for you from your end with with us? With oh, the trust building tour. process. Yeah. Yes. So I guess um, like we have with with everybody in the innovation space, we've moved quite tentatively because we knew that we it wasn't for us to dictate um, what what relationships should look like, uh, and we're mindful of our our power dynamics as a funder. Um, and so I think early on, we just wanted to make sure that there was a, a real alignment there, a real opportunity, and that it was mutual, that, mm. that we both saw the fit. So I think it was quite tentative to begin with, getting to know each other, getting to understand what we what we stand for, what we each stand for, our, our respective organisations, mm. our missions, what we're trying to achieve. And I think gradually as we exchanged um ideas and, and just sharing experiences and sharing our aspirations, it became quite obvious that there was a really great fit, a really great potential uh, for us to work together on something. And the trust, I think, happened quite organically at that stage. So it became um, a trust between individual people where we were getting to understand um, each other and the roles that we could play um, and, and what our values are. And then at the same time, what our organisations are about. So, yeah, I think that was quite exciting but but couldn't have been achieved probably any other way than through that exchange through that discussion through um each just yeah just starting to understand each other a little bit better and going on that journey first Uh, and then from there it felt like a really logical commitment to to say let's let's do something together let's formalize um a piece of work together yeah yeah that is really cool sandy Exactly. And I think that's the thing. I think once people do realise that the heart behind what we're trying to do and the fact that that we're not trying to get people in one end and out the other of a set programme, but we're trying to build a community of support um, and and mates and potentially future business partners, um, then people start to see. And we've got a really cool network of, of awesome people that that we can learn off and, and share, which is cool. And then I think one of the things that was was really important for us um, when we had these really early stage partners, especially ones like AT and that, um, is that you just got to get some runs on the board. Yeah. Uh, you got to get moving. You got to get rolling with it. And so we and we do this quite often. We will get started on a project even before the fundings come through. Um, and it is a bit of a risk, but I think it's also you got to have skin in the game with things. You can't. Yeah. If, if you're only doing something because you get the funding to do it, then it's probably never going to last anyway. If you really believe in what you're doing, 
you go, if you put skin in the game first and you show, actually, if, if we invest this, this is going to be the outcome and this is only at a small scale, then people who do make the decisions about funding ha- find it much easier to say, yeah, actually, we can back that. Yeah. We can support that. And I think, honestly, then it pays off, eh? Because then you have another crazy idea and they still want to put money <laughs> into it. <laughs> and they trust you. That's exactly right. Yeah. And it, and it has been cool building those... Um, relationships and honestly I love I love it when people come and they're a little bit suspicious mm. or they're a little bit like love oh. the challenge eh? I do <laughs> love the challenge I love the challenge of breaking them down and, yeah. and like letting them see actually it all makes sense because you're a charmer <laughs> you need to be able to charm them eh? like <laughs> as in like if they're already enamored there's no challenge there yeah <laughs> And so there was a few prickly ones that yeah. were a little bit like a little bit more um, of a challenge, which I enjoyed. But the, and it's just so rewarding to see because um, there's some smart people, yeah. you know, there's some really intelligent people. people, yeah, incredible people. So it's cool to see them be able to be a part of our crew and and make the time to to be a part of those exchanges that happen when we meet together. Definitely. Definitely. All right, that was another great episode. We've only got one more left. Next one, we're going to focus on environments to thrive and what role physical space has played and and what we've been able to achieve so far. So catch you guys up. See you later. Bye. Let's go. Hey, guys, thanks so much for listening. We just want to give a quick shout-out to the Arkina Foundation and the Impact Initiative for helping make this podcast happen. Check them out at arkina.org.nz or theimpactinitiative.org.nz. Also, you can reach out to us at Ngahiri Communities. you find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, LinkedIn, Spotify, anywhere. Just check us out. Catch you soon.